welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello. Good morning. Welcome to the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Bill and Linda are gone today, so we're going to go rogue and do whatever we want. Talk a little bit about this, a little bit about that. Um, maybe a little bit about what we're watching. Um, as Jenna would put it, a little potpourri of, of what we got going on. So uh, my name is Chris. I'm joined by... I'm Seth. I'm Charles. I'm Jenna. I'm Charles. <laughs> All right. I often go last when introduced to Today I get to go first, so <laughs> I right. figured I'd just throw them off a little bit. It's all it's all chaos. I thought he was motioning over towards me because of the way <laughs> he that. was. He well, was motioning yeah. towards you, at least from my view. So yeah, that's in the view. You have to re, you have to remember that like we're not always uh, organized the same way. And I was going to let, let Bill know next time that we're going clockwise from now on. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Uh, maybe we'll figure out like doing like the Brady Bunch introduction thing or whatever. That would be that would be pretty interesting. But then you have to do a little dance and a jingle and like. Yeah. yeah. Well, what we gotta do is we'll master it and we will like, record <laughs> it and then we can just play it and then the answers are the same regardless of whether you're here or not, which would be even funnier. Um. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, as we get started today, uh, I figured we'd jump into the end of the writer's strike, the Writers Guild strike, um, as mm -hmm. well as the um, Screen Actors Guild, who was also on strike for some time. Uh, all of that wrapped up uh, kind of recently, back in September, um, but uh, there was a lot of fallout uh, as a result, and some shows postponed um some that were unfortunately canceled and mm -hmm. uh some that may still be up in the air and so you know as uh you know from a sci-fi uh fantasy type perspective one of the shows that we uh recently talked about uh, the peripheral was one of those casualties where we're not gonna get a second season um at least that we're aware of at this time uh you know was canceled maybe back in august or so uh, unfortunately, and um, there's quite a lot of things that stopped production or just uh, halted altogether. And, um, uh, you know, I didn't realize, uh, you know, it, it went so far as to um, if anyone pay, paying attention, you know, there's going to be a Beetlejuice 2, a Beetlejuice 2, uh, Deadpool 3, there's going to be a Gladiator 2, um, Mortal Kombat 2. Um, these mm -hmm. weren't really canceled so much as they were, you know, kind of put on hold. It's unclear where a lot of these are picking up again now uh, that the writer strike is over. There's not been a ton of talk on some of these things, but that's how broad, you know, a little bit of this impact was. And, you know, I'll, I'll ask you guys, was there anything you were looking forward to seeing 
um, that we might now not get to see, or we've got to wait until 2024, maybe 25. Well, I mean, I know I, I'm not happy about having to wait for Dune, like that, uh, the second part of Dune, that was uh -huh. yeah. one of the big ones I was looking forward to. Uh, and of course, definitely looking forward to Deadpool 3. Yeah. But, no, but so much. Oh, sorry. Something like Deadpool is worth a wait, because Ryan Reynolds has to be able to run that ship how it needs to be run. And had he waited for the strike, uh, he would not have, because he's also a, I think he's part of the Writers Guild, he would not have been able to ad-lib as scenes would have come up. And there is no way in my mind that that film was going to work like the first two if he wasn't able to do that. I was just thinking the other night I need to rewatch Deadpool 2. It's got some really good bits in it. It, it's one of those ones that as you continue, if you watch it over and over, you you catch other lines uh, in there. So it is a gift that keeps on giving. And, and, mm -hmm. So um, I was, uh, um, I feel like momentum for some of these films is going to get killed, unfortunately. To your point, Seth, uh, Dune 2, um, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people can handle, much like when we had... Um, um, long time ago now when they released uh, um, the Lord of the Rings films kind of like one year after another we didn't have a lot of gaps in between um, you know not to dig on uh, Avatar too much but uh, Avatar's production for number three and four uh, you know was, was postponed and I don't think anyone gives a shit to be honest because uh, <laughs> how long we had to wait for the second one like you could go five years between them people are like oh yeah I just thought this was like every five or ten years we got a we got another sequel or something um but uh yeah Deadpool's gonna hurt I think Dune's Dune 2 is gonna hurt maybe a little bit because you know a lot of time passes and if they have to wait till end of next year maybe for a release that's just gonna you know it's a whole two years or so in between uh releases and that kind of to me kills momentum I, uh, on on some of those things or interest maybe you know um, yeah it's going to be a little weird I think seeing things come out way later than they were anticipated well, and then you just got to feel for the writers though and the actors COVID shut so much stuff down so we've seen the delays from that and now with the strike even though they were absolutely justified with the AI coming in uh, to strike and needed to do what was best for them. If you're a lover of entertainment, then it's it's really frustrating or disappointing. But at the same time, I think it illustrates the value of entertainment. Like people who are like, oh, entertainment's not an essential, essential job. Uh, artists are not essential workers to the human experience. Well, this kind of, I think, helps illustrate we need that entertainment. We need the stories to just feel good about whatever it is we're going through and to have the distraction and the joy that comes with it. You can't just live off of like eat, sleep and go to work. Yeah. How good would, how good would we have gotten through the pandemic if we hadn't have had our entertainments? Oh my God. Right. <laughs> like people, people need to realize every, there's a writer behind every, there are many, many writers behind every piece of entertainment that you love. Uh, mm -hmm. but uh, and like they aren't paid well like professional writers do not 
earn a lot of money. The the amount of people who can make a living by writing are few and far between. And a lot of uh, writing is like gig writing, especially before you've uh, cemented a career or a name. You're just Mm -hmm. going by on random jobs. And a lot of the protections they were going for were to protect people like that. And yeah, also a lot. They got some key protections against AI. Because one of the chief concerns is that they w- that the studios would just use AI to bang out a script and then hire a bunch of gig workers to clean it up. Oh wow! Yep. Yeah, yeah. When they're not paid as well as they would have been for the first draft. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it sounds like though, even with the set, with the because there's two different unions, the writers and the actors. It sounds like even though the actors got a better deal there's still not enough AI protections in many regards. Uh, one of the things I read is that the studios could still potentially just make AI-generated characters or likenesses, and then they just got to tell the union and pay them. Potentially work out a deal for that likeness, but it, it's they still have permission to go that route versus they have to use actors I, every I time. Think, but, well, I think also one of the protections is that they can't just pay an actor for their likeness once. Right. Royalty based. Yeah. You can't just buy a bunch of actors faces and then use them for background stuff for all time. Uh, They've got a, I think that now it's much more of a time by time. Like it sounds like they still have to vote on it though the actors and everybody still have to vote on it. So even though they're allowed to work now tentatively, like we could still see, we could still see the, the strike come back. Eventually. Charles, so that would be- no, I haven't been paying attention. I'm just, uh, yeah, no, I could just see the union fixing it. So they get money, but none of the actors do. I'm just- I don't think that's so much how the union works. Like, then enough of the actors and uh, writers that I've listened to are very pro their union. So, uh, like, they definitely, the unions are definitely like doing well by the writers and the Screen Actors Guild. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, a lot of the strike was over AI, which is impressive to me. Um, yeah, well, it's a scary thing. It's, do do we feel was was that in any way uh, to get ahead of like did we see anything where AI was already being leveraged to cause a, a mass scale issue, or was it more of threats to that was the direction it was going to go? I think it's uh, the direction that was going to go, especially with. Uh with chat GPT. Yeah. Uh, people were already pitching these ideas around. It wasn't just, uh, it wasn't just uh, the writers like scared of a technology that it's like, no, like uh, I've, I've read uh, authors talking about how uh, different publishing houses are wanting to use or are starting to try and put clauses in their big authors 
deals that they can train AI on their writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for what purposes, no one was sell- saying, but uh, as an author, that would make you a little nervous, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I agree. And it's not, I, you know, all authors at that extent should be looking out for those clauses. And, and just saying no to, to keep control of that, um, for lack of a better way to phrase it, that, that power that they have, um, you know. And I think I mean, that... Go, go ahead, ahead, Seth. <laughs> nope, go ahead. Did... Well, I think, like, what Chris was saying about power is correct in that, uh, like, there's kind of two sides to, the, to AI and technology. And what we've seen as technology has increased is a reduction in the amount of power that these uh, the, these production houses and publishers have had and enjoyed. Because it used to be they controlled the recording studios. They controlled the means of distribution. Uh, they were the only one with access to the industry professionals that could make a project happen. They could blackball you if... If you like got out of line, but with the internet, you people can do their own recording, people can have their own production facilities, people can have their like talented artists who are out who aren't beholden and owned by like so, like, technology is leading to the democratization of the entertainment industry. And I can really see the big production houses wanted to wanting to lock in their power. And be like, okay, you guys don't play. You're going to be on YouTube for the rest of your life because we've already got the rights to your likeness anyway. Right. And they'll just use AI to leverage the rest and and do it. And and they don't need, they kick you to the curb essentially. So, Mm -hmm. and they still get you to act. Mm -hmm. Well, what's, what what do we think the future is going to be? Because you've just painted something that, where, where I can see, because uh, I've played a little bit with the AI, the, the chat stuff, and um, I can see ordinary people just going, give me a script, and then shooting a movie with their phone, and that at least being entertainment. I, so... I, you know... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. In, in that future, yeah, I hear you, and I think... What you'll find is, you know, that the AI will only get so far and to some extent you'll kind of realize where where maybe it is or, or isn't AI. But I still think to get to the level of what we see in, in really high quality production values, you still wouldn't get there without some type of, of human uh, level of effort. Um, AI is a great supplemental tool to kind of shore up some right. gaps and speed things up, but I don't think it's a total replacement. Um, even so, like we've, I've seen, um, blurbs and, um, well, sorry. yeah, but, but it, 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 will do, it will do uh, a fair share of the work for you though. Yeah. Well, it'll you try, know? but it might have yeah. some errors. It's, it's trained yeah. on humans and humans are, are error prone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, were... it... go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you this time. Too. My turn. My your turn. <laughs> uh, I think so. The trap is it's only building off the data that's currently in there. Yep. 
So I think you're going to continue to see a lot of the same storyline and big productions because they know that sells, especially if even if they're using AI, because that's what AI will generate. I mean, I think you're going to see a return to the like the penny dreadful, the dime novels that was basically the same story over and over again, uh, just to turn a buck. But uh, so I think we're going to see a transition where if you do have something that's unique, it's going to become harder to get it out. Not that independent films or independent music was easy to begin with, but I think it's going to go through a period where it's going to take more work and more funding to put something out there that doesn't fit the mold or the same universal tropes that give people warm fuzzies because it's easy and just predictable. People All say that. they don't want that, but I think a lot of uh, literature and psychologists have shown that they do. They, they do like there's a large segment of the population that enjoys those uh, predictable outcomes. Like when you see a rom-com, uh, the guys and the girl are generally going to always hook up unless you're just feeling bitter and going through a breakup and you want to see the breakup. Uh, if you like action movies, the hero is generally going to come out on top. And, and horror movies, eh, it's a coin toss whether or not you want to see the the hero or the heroine actually survive. So you know what I'm saying? You go to these films because you have a certain expected outcome that is going to take you on a journey. So those who want to turn those themes on their head, uh, it may get harder to get noticed in the sea and the mass production of all of these other uh, AI generated or, uh, you know, typical storylines. Well, so I don't, uh, I don't think it's actually going to, going to be harder to be noticed. Like, I don't see, like, maybe there will be a glut of, absolutely cheap content but i think like there's already like we can already see on youtube there is a glut of cheap content but the cream still tends to rise to the surface uh kind of, I, i've got a couple things to talk about like in that vein like when we're ready but uh let's whatever. jump into it but i will say that the the thing that i would like to see at some point going forward is, you know, call it, call it cheesy, but we have organic marked food. I think we're going to get to the point where we have to have some type of marker that says human generated content, like a badge that it's been validated that this story is human generated. This, this movie full of human. To just flag anything that's AI generated, it seems weird that we would flag the human generated ones, but I, I see where you're going. Yeah, I, I, I certified human. I like organic I mean, movies. Yeah, that's my mind's the one proving I am who I am. <laughs> like like at, art, art right now. Yeah, all the concern about art, the art flooding the internet that's yeah. AI generated. I want to know what's human generated. And yeah. I want to buy that part. But I mean, it's like in the stuff that I'm looking at, it's really easy to see what is or it, I feel like it's still pretty easy to tell what is a AI generated character. It, art. it is, but I scroll through Facebook and I see the amount of people that can't tell and it's kind of mind boggling to me. That is so weird to me. It is, it is weird to me too, but I do see it and it is concerning to me when I see yes. some of these out there that, that to me are obvious hint hint a lot of times just look at the freaking hands 
Um, but, uh, you know, there's a, there's an interesting uh, thing there that we, we don't have to dive into. We, we can do another AI video thing uh, in the future. But to, to Jenna's point, here we are talking about flagging content as to whether or not it's human created or AI created, uh, which I think is, you know, kind of part of, of where this whole discussion kind of started in terms of like who's creating what and or what is creating what. And that's kind and of getting the, the credit for it, and the payment for yeah. it. And, and that's, yeah. you know, it, remain, it remains to be seen where that's going to unfold uh, into. I, I do think it's a concern from a creator standpoint. Um, I think, you know, AI in general, um, I'm, I'm a fan of where it's going to help a lot in productivity, but I am not a fan of uh, those who would um, abuse it, especially for a financial gain. Uh, examples of that would be like uh, fake, um, what's a good one? Uh, like fake OnlyFans accounts, right? That, that aren't fake influencers. Yeah, fake influencers, fake OnlyFans accounts, fake conferences, things like that, where people are collecting money on this stuff, assuming that, that these things are real. And um, frankly, let's be real, um, in a society where we struggle with um, information and, and research and, and things turn into misinformation, uh, AI makes that inherently more magnitudes uh, more dangerous uh, to have mm -hmm. to deal with. So, um, we'll have to see where that goes, but I guess, you know, Seth, was there something you wanted to, to dive into right now? Yeah. Talking about, uh, the cream that will rise to the rising to the top. Uh, there's a couple really good shows on there. There's actually a lot of really good, uh, especially animated shows that are coming out, uh, via YouTube and put out on YouTube by independent creators or at least uh, channels and groups of independent creators. Uh, one of them is called Hell of a Boss. Or actually, uh, first off, have you any of you heard or seen Has Been Hotel? No. Uh, okay, so this was the initial project of the creator of both Has Been Hotel and... Uh, a hell of a boss, and they are animated uh, animated shows that are set in. Where did my all my images went away? That are set in uh, hell. <laughs> so kind of a kind of it's got this a little bit of a Saturday morning kind of cartoon vibe, but it's also. Uh, dark and uh, a little dark and twisted black uh, dark comedy. Uh, let me see if I can. Where's my share screen? Okay. So yeah, here is kind of the. This is just kind of the initial wow. art, kind of a splash, but it's really really well animated. Uh. Has been Hotel. Uh, there's only the pilot for this one that ever came out, uh, but it's uh, it's a musical, and they have several really well written uh, musical numbers throughout uh, the pilot. And the reason the pilot is the only one that came out is because this one actually ended up getting picked up by Amazon Prime. And uh, they got a lot more money thrown at this particular project, and oh. it's going to be coming 
uh, in the pretty near future with kind of a really nice looking uh, almost graphical uh, or upgrade to the characters. They are able to uh, pump some more money and get some more animators and really kind of put an put a shine on it and that's coming out soon on Amazon uh, Prime. But if you're looking for something a little different, uh, this same creator, uh, Vizvipop, I believe is how it's pronounced. Uh, you can find their channel on YouTube. They also have a show called Hell of a Boss, which is a, uh, a set in the same world as has been Hotel and follows an imp who starts an assassination business to kill people on the mortal plane. <laughs> <laughs> and it's goofy, it's incredibly violent, and occasionally way deeper than I would ever give this sh a show like that credit for, for getting into, like, themes of, like, uh, abuse and healing from that abuse and weird, unconventional relationships. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and they've done, I think, two seasons, seasons of that on YouTube now. I can't recommend it enough. It's really well animated. This one also has music in it. Uh, not as much as Hasman Hotel will, but uh, it's great. And it's something that wouldn't have happened without YouTube. Mm -hmm. Or, like, the current... Uh, the, the internet and the ability for creators to get together and go, hey, you want to do something? Uh, yeah, there's another show, and I don't have anything prepared for this one, but uh, uh, it's called Murderbots on a channel called Glitch. I know that. On YouTube. That. Yeah, no. that one is kind of a horror comedy as well, uh, set in a sci-fi future where... Uh, the all the the humans caused some sort of accident on a planet they'd settled, and all that were left were the robots who were just like, okay, I guess we're free now, <laughs> and uh, went about making their own civilization until the home company on Earth sent in a bunch of uh, murder drop or murder drones is what it's called, murder drones to kill all the free robots there because they can't have just like a civilization of robots. <laughs> that's not good, but there's that's maybe the plot because as it unravels, things get more twisty and turny and making you doubt what's really going on. So, like, I'm really enjoying that as well. So, I think this really jumps into it's going to take time for content to come, new content to be generated with the strike sending. So, like, what do you, you know, Seth has told us some stuff that we're, he's watching right now to take up time until, you know, the movies come out and the shows start their new seasons. Something I've been watching, uh, I started on HBO Max, was 30 Coins, which is, uh, you know, from HBO Europe. Uh, it's a Spanish language, so you have to watch it in, you know, subtitles because the dub uh, is actually hard, you know, hard of hearing English. Which means it describes, I had actually not heard this functionality before. It describes what is happening and then the people talk. Hmm. 
Oh, so like, huh. what? It's Paul Giamatti. It's like a main person in there. 30 Not in it yet. Okay. Weird. But it's it's getting there. It's a slow build because I like it because you're not sure what is what is this going to be about. And then by the third episode, you start to understand what it's about. And the whole premise is a priest goes to a Spanish uh, town. It's a very, very small parish where nothing happens. It's considered a supernatural thriller. And all of a sudden, things start happening. And as it turns out, this uh, priest had been part of an exorcism that went wrong and the person who was possessed died. And one of the crazy things that happened out of the demonic possession was a, a coin just came out of his body, like out of his arm or something. Um, and then the kid died of a heart attack. And so he's all, the priest has always kept this coin. And as it turns out, there's the armies of hell and collaborators in the mortal plane who want to collect all 30 coins that Judas received when he betrayed Jesus. And uh, each of these coins have a power because there's this thought that uh, all dark things that happened are a part of God's plan. So evil deeds are actually good because they help people experience free will. So if this dark forces can collect all 30 coins, then it'll be more powerful than the Ark of the Covenant, and they can fully realize God's uh, master plan of darkness that uh, will help humans fulfill their potential. We're going to make things suck so much that everyone's happy God exists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, so it, I'm not going to get uh, Never mind. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's it's an interesting mythology, and of course, the priest is fighting back, and he's got uh, he's got help with this woman who's a vet who's trying to prove stuff wrong, and the mayor. And because it's Spanish speaking, there's some little telenovela elements, and you're like, which makes it spicy at times. Uh, but it's as a supernatural thriller from another part of the world. I, I've really been enjoying it, and if you like a little bit of horror. Uh, some of the some of the creatures are like no, oh mm -hmm. no. Um, so give yourself time to watch something else if you if you. are <laughs> going to bed. Watching. You, you, you <laughs> for a little Disney flick or something in there. Yeah, or, or at least a YouTube video or two. Uh, so I, I would highly recommend that to take up some of your time, and uh, hopefully people will watch it, and maybe it'll keep going. All right. Yeah, I guess I can go over what I've been watching in the meantime. So for me, I'm real big into uh, murder mysteries, thrillers, things of that nature. So Netflix is a pretty good selection there. So I've been watching quite a few. Some of them I'm on my second or third run through just because I like to catch maybe clues or things I didn't before. But you know, my short list has been uh, a show called The Innocent. Um, also, a show called The Woods, The Forest, Safe, and Bitter Daisies. These are all like murder mysteries, um, and uh, a lot of them have pretty, um, pretty good storylines where you're not sure who really is the bad guy, and uh, it doesn't fully unravel to the end in terms of the mysteries that are unraveled. Um, all you know is that there's a lot of death, buried bodies, dismemberment. <laughs> other 
kind of crazy things. And yeah, I do like a lot of dark stuff, uh, but I like the mystery component of it, you know, where there's a, either a chase or, you know, an investigation that's going on and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I watched that from the mystery and thriller kind of aspects. And, and uh, some of those have been out for a while um, or more recently came out. Some of them are foreign uh, films, whether they're um, Spanish made or what have you. Uh, some of them are dubbed okay. Some of them are not. Um, so a couple of the Spanish ones I've watched, I've had to watch in the native language and have the subtitles uh, just because it flows better. Um, on the anime side, I've been watching um, Demon Slayer. Um, I was I was late to start that, but I am very happy that I finally uh, did start watching that, and that's been pretty great. Uh, as that's well really as to watch. yeah, Demon Slayer is a ten out of ten. Um, it was very late to that. It's one of the um, uh, best uh, animes I've watched in some time, at least the last five six years, probably. Um, definitely uh, a you know, a number two, number three anime, Dragon Ball. So I'm, I'm a Dragon Ball guy at heart, so that'll always be there for me. But uh, the other one I've been watching is more of a heavy metal anime called uh, Bastard. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, that, and Bastard's been pretty good. So uh, I've been watching a little bit of that as well. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at on, like, the, uh, the geekly side of things. And I always actually enjoy a good uh, cop show too. I'm a Law and Order uh, theme. Uh, I've been uh, watching uh, a show called Justified on Hulu. Um, ah, Justified. Been, okay. Justified's been uh, been pretty good. So it's been out for a few years. It's a few seasons. Um, but um, yeah, that's kind of what I've been uh, filling my time with while I wait for these other uh, great sci-fi films to come out. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I just watched uh, Godzilla two nights ago. Godzilla right. minus one. Um, when did that come out? I think it came out in uh, late October. I didn't know it was out until I saw somebody. I didn't friend. either. Yeah. I, I saw some friends on Facebook go, I just watched this and it was great. And I was like, I don't believe it, but I'll go I'll go watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, it was a really good movie. Um, it, it, it very uh, surprisingly depressing. Oh. Um, at least with the at the get go. Um, it, and um, I, there's a little emotional roller coaster with this thing. It it uh, it, it kind of pissed me off right at the start, but um, I'll get to that. But it's <laughs> only it's only subtitled. They're not going to release a, a dub version. Uh, which is, I, I, when you watch it, yeah, it makes sense. But uh, the the part that, uh, I'm not going to give the ending away or anything, but right at the beginning, the hero of the story um, is a kamikaze pilot. Okay. Who wimped out. Oh. Right at the end of the war. And so... And that's what the, the minus one is, Godzilla versus Japan, and Japan's just lost the war. Mm. So there's your there's your minus one. And uh it uh his hero journey is kind of interesting because he's got most of his loved ones have been killed in uh, you know by the uh, by us, by the Americans. <laughs> but the ones that are left, um 
are angry at him because he didn't kill himself. And so it's just like, uh, as a horror, the beginning for me anyway, was just like, I can't, uh, ah. <laughs> so, and where's it going from? But I, but I, you know, the, they work it out. It's still kind of an American ending, but uh, uh, it it was it, a very upsetting beginning for me, anyway. Uh huh. Um, not used to that as the beginning. It's just your hero being uh, told that he's yeah, everybody thinking he should be dead. Mm. Yeah. And so. But, Hey, anyway, the way the way they work it though is Godzilla. Um, right after he wimps out, he wimps out again uh, when he first meets Godzilla, and so now he has PTSD from his his interactions with Godzilla, and so that that becomes a little more of a a substitution for the war, I guess. But yeah, they eventually all have to take on uh, on Godzilla, and the rest of it's kind of what you'd expect. But uh, um, interesting, it's an interesting movie. <laughs> hmm. I, uh, I was doing a little research, and I guess this guy just uh, did a movie in 2019 about the Yamato, the construction. Which, if you're an anime person, <laughs> it was, the, was the boat that. Uh, Star Blazers pretends to uh, bring up, right? So I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to be looking and seeing if I can't find that one. It's called, and now I've lost it. I need to finish watching uh, the remake of Star Blazers, because that was really good, what I've seen of it so far. Yeah, but anyway, he does. He he just did a movie, two thousand and nineteen. It's something about Archimedes, is what they call it. But uh, uh, I'm gonna find that. I think that actually has a dub version. So uh, I don't know what else I've got on the on the horizon. We're just gonna have to see. <laughs> so with the holiday season, uh, what I would recommend, and it's a. It's an older film. It's from 2010. It's called Rare Exports. And it is a Finnish thriller horror spin on Christmas in Santa Claus. And uh, I think it's something that we as Galactic Driftwood should probably watch again. But uh, it's, it's really cool to just kind of see something from that part of the world in terms of Santa Claus is not always a good thing. Kind of like Krampus. But this predates the the Krampus spin, where we start getting darker horror movies. Um, this darker on this alternate nature of Christmas time that comes out of Europe. Um, but like I said, it's called Rare Exports, 2010. Highly oh, recommended yeah. for entertainment value. And then uh, Reservation Dogs just fin uh, finished its series on Hulu, and it takes and it's got some supernatural elements as well. But it's about these teenage Native Americans in an Oklahoma town just trying to find a way to, you know, navigate their culture in a modern world and as well as the poverty in their town and they just want to get rid of it. They want to get away from it. They want to do something with their lives, especially after the suicide that we see in flashbacks of one of their friends who couldn't take the life anymore. 
uh, but it's funny. It's got a lot of cultural elements. I highly recommend a great, great acting from all of the, the kids and the, the characters that you might recognize from the, some of the actors from Dark Winds and other, you know, movies. So I would check out Reservation Dogs on Hulu. Or Violent Night. Yeah. I wanted to bring up Violent Night. I, I already watch watched it. I'll be watching it again probably in a couple weeks. I'm going to be watching Violent Night a few times this Christmas season. So, lots of good stuff out there. <laughs> we just showed it to a friend for the first time and she loved it too. So, <laughs> nice. Awesome. All right. Well, let us know what you're going to be watching this holiday season. Comment down below. Um, what you're watching or how you're getting through, um, you know, as things ramp up after this uh, writer strike, or if you have thoughts on AI and where its placement is uh, with these uh, publishers and entertainment companies, you know, let us know uh, what your thoughts are. And I think with that, we'll wrap up here. Thanks for tuning in, kids. Yep. Later, and uh, go check out our other episodes on a lot of this stuff, which we talk about pretty regularly. So, yeah, we'll catch you guys later. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.